Well, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5, and if you've been following along with, with us, we realize that the book of Romans is, um, by the way, in case I didn't introduce myself, my name is Mark Warren, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it's a real privilege to be able to share God's word with you today. I, I hope that you've come prepared to, to really be transformed in the heart by the Holy Spirit, that these aren't just words spoken to you today, but they, that the Holy Spirit would interpret them for you. I always encourage you to have a pen and notepad or your notes open on your phone to, as something strikes you, write it down and ponder it and consider it. Well, on this Independence Day, we realize that freedom isn't free, right? That there are people who have paid a dear sacrifice. Many of them gave their lives for the freedom that we have today. But we just don't look back at the freedoms we experience as a nation. We understand that there is another one who has given incredible sacrifice. We celebrate it today in communion. Thank you, David, for leading us in communion. By the way, I don't know if you know it, but David is our new intern at Grace Capital Church. David, welcome. <laughs> Helping out with our junior high youth and social media. So, um, we are excited to have you part of the team, David. And um, yeah, that sacrifice though that Jesus had for us, Paul begins to talk about it here in Romans chapter 5. Like what we've been doing in the other chapters, I'm going to kind of go through this kind of line by line and make some comments along the way and then make a concluding thought. Here we go, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, the first thing we need to talk about there is we have peace with God only through Jesus Christ. This, there's no other way to have peace with God other than Jesus Christ. When you begin to ask this, the question, like, are, there's a bunch of like world religions out there. Is it all the same God? There's just different avenues to get there? And I would say... From the word of God, there is only one way to our Father in heaven, that we can create peace only through Jesus Christ. All right, there's another word in here, justified, um, that you might not understand. Anybody remember typing with a typewriter? Like the actual, you know, right? Remember, the, um, the younger generation is like, what are you talking about? What is a typewriter? Okay, a typewriter was a very mechanical thing. Um, the way I learned on it, actually, it was a plug-in typewriter, so at least there was some electric side of it, and you would hit a button, and it would swing back for you. But the older ones, you actually had to manually do this, and then when you got to the end of a sentence, you hear a ding, and then you take your finger to the little metal bar on the side and go, and start your sentence all over. And turn your page up by one notch, or two, if you're double spacing. All right. Um, <laughs> I know. It's like the, this, this front row is like, who would do that? <laughs> um, come on. Don't you know this about the thumbs and how fast your thumbs are today? Well, justification is when you take your metal bar and go all the way to the left-hand side of your paper that becomes a justification. That's a left-hand justification. And what it does is it lines up all your words and makes them straight. 
The point being here, the word justification is makes us straight, makes us right, makes a straight line to God and makes us right with God. So we're justified, we're made right with God through Jesus Christ and then we can have peace with God. Something's hitting here. I can't tell. It's my face that's hitting this. Here we go. All right. And maybe if you wouldn't mind turning off the monitor back there, that'd be great as well. Okay, so let's keep going here. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace by which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, now this is where it gets fun. Not only that, not only all this hope and all this good thing of your justification through faith of Jesus Christ, you just think we can go skipping along down the road and we're going to be fine. But here it says... Um, not only that, but we rejoice also in our sufferings. Can you say sufferings? sufferings? Sufferings. Rejoice in your sufferings. We don't like to suffer very much as Americans, right? We, the moment we start to feel a little bit of pain, we try to mask it. We try to um, yeah, run from it. But knowing that suffering produces endurance... And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The next time you're feeling a little bit of pain in your life, the next time you're feeling a little bit of suffering, um, realize that if you allow it, something good is going to come from all of that. It produces something. It produces character. I wonder if Paul is giving us that writing because he is trying to help us understand that this level of sacrifice actually is what we need to learn to live with because Jesus himself was the model for us, right? Jesus himself was the model. And he was trying to show us the way to serve other people, have them come into the kingdom. Sometimes we have to think less of ourselves and not be so concerned about our comfort in life that it's okay to suffer a little bit for the sake of somebody else. See, when you have character, your character holds you in the midst of the suffering and you're not running away and masking your pain and, and making it about you. You're saying, I'm sitting in this, trusting God, finding hope in it and assuring other people along the way. Did, did you catch that? Because sometimes in, in, in our culture, we don't like to feel pain, and so then we isolate, and then we be, become our, an island unto ourselves, and then nobody gets to see the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Verse 6. For while we're still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, which is you and I. Which is anybody, when Jesus finds them, their life is not put together um, typically, it's quite messy. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I get an amen? amen. While we were still acting in rebellion, while we were doing all those wrong things, while we were just... Yeah, just not in a good place. God's love found us. 
And Christ actually died for us while we were yet sinners. My question is, how, how often have you, have you looked at somebody else's life in the middle of what they're doing and wrong things that they're doing and said, I'm willing to sacrifice something of my life for that person? That's why I wonder if Paul is, whoa, did, I, what, did I just, my voice go high there for a moment? Believe me, I'm far past puberty. Don't worry. By the way, do you like, do you like the new look? I, I, got, I got a little bit younger. I know, I'm just trying to look young again. Got rid of all the gray in my face. On a side note, sorry, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail for you. I'm coming back, guys. I'm coming back to the point of what Jesus is wanting us to hear. While we're yet sinners. So would you, would you be willing to sacrifice something of your life? See, this, I think that's why he was saying um, when you are enduring suffering, that while you're enduring it, your life still isn't about you. You're still focusing on those who yet don't know Christ yet. Because that's what Christ did for us. While we were in rebellion, while we were stuck in sin, Jesus found us and died for us. Since now, therefore, we've been justified by his blood. Remember? Ding, right? Made right by his blood. How much, uh, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Okay, let me say that again. Since therefore we have now been justified, made right by the blood of Jesus Christ, shed on the cross, which we just celebrated today, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Okay, interesting here that, that we do need to understand that even though God is love, that those who don't have Christ as their advocate, those who have accepted Christ into their life, accepted what he's done the cross for, um, for our sin, will experience God's wrath. And, and I don't know what you think about that, but I, I, it makes me realize that, wow, I've been living awfully selfish not sharing Jesus with other people because I wouldn't want God's wrath on my worst enemies. I wouldn't. I think this is, but God's heart is that none should perish, which means like we, we just gotta, we gotta come to the place of just realizing is the American dream really about just amassing more wealth and having a good life? Or is the American dream our forefathers realized that in this pursuit of happiness is really this pursuit of Jesus? That, that really our freedom is, that was, that was bought for us is our freedom to freely worship, is our freedom to, to open the word of God and our freedom to pursue the things that God has placed in our lives, the callings that God has placed in our lives, that, that level of freedom. Verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Okay, so there's that reconciliation, that justification. Reconciliation is, is really this bought with a per, purchased us, we're, we're made right because of a cost that was, that was paid for our freedom. Remember, freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. But the interesting thing about freedom, it's freely given. And that's what Jesus has done for us. See, you don't have to earn this freedom that Jesus wants to give you. 
You don't have to pay all this kind of penance. You don't have to say all these prayers to accept the free gift that Jesus has for us. All right, now we move into a section here in Romans chapter 5. In my Bible, it's, called, it's titled, Death in Adam, Life in Christ. Here we go. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and also death spread to all men because of all have sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Okay, a lot in there. Wow, there's a lot in there. So interestingly enough, um, who, who sinned initially in the Garden of Eden? Who, um, who took the forbidden fruit? But isn't it interesting that Paul says that sin entered through Adam? Hmm. Men, I'm going to be talking to you for a moment. <laughs> Especially husbands and fathers. There is something that God has given us as um, healthy spiritual leadership over our homes and our wives. And I want to emphasize healthy leadership not domineering authority, healthy leadership over our wives and husbands. We have been entrusted to this care. Adam put, should have put his foot down and said, Eve, what are you doing? Stop. And he didn't. And look who gets um, noted for allowing sin to enter the world, Adam. Okay, so he's saying sin entered the world, and this is interesting because now he's saying that sin is a part of human creation, right? You cannot um, work your way out of being a good enough person. Sin is a part of our nature, right? We've, we've heard the word sin nature or the, the phrase sin nature, and our sin nature propels us to continue to live selfishly, and quite honestly, that will lead into self-destruction, whether pride, arrogance, uh, lust, um, we just get distracted by our sin, and it will sin always leads to death. So here he's going, and he's talking about um, how Adam brought in the sin, and then he says that this sin will be for all of generations. So he's making a point to realize that even though God created Adam and Eve, and God created them in their image, now sin entered the world. And there had to be a, a savior. There had to be somebody that would come and um, take care of this sin that was, that was now in humanity. Verse 18, bear, here we go. But the free gift. Can you say free gift? free gift? But the free gift is not like the trespass. Okay. The free gift is not like the trespass. The trespass was what Adam and Eve did in the garden. One event had all the sin enter the world. Now he's saying this free gift, this one event took care of sin for all generations. For if many died through one man's trespass, Adam's and Eve's, much more have the, has the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. Mm. 
And the free gift, why does he keep saying free? Because he wants to help you, remind you, you don't have to earn it. It doesn't cost you anything except your life, giving it to him. But here's the interesting thing. A free gift is not always free, right? When you go buy a present for somebody, it comes at a cost. It's free for the person who's receiving it, but it costs the person who's giving it. And here this free gift, Jesus who went to the cross for our sin. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us on the cross to give us this free gift, this free gift. Verse 16, and the free gift is not like the result of the the one man's sin for the the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. All he's saying again, sin enter the world, this one free gift makes you right with God. Here we go. Verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. There's another word in here that's really interesting. That one word is grace. Grace. It's really favor that you don't deserve. That word grace. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But God loves you so much. He desires for you to have it. And this free gift is yours for the taking. Again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but some people need to understand that this is available for you. It's available for you. And God wants you to not only take the free gift for yourself, but be willing to share this free gift with others who don't know Jesus. Coming to the conclusion here. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness. So the one trespass, Adam sitting in the garden, brought condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification. Remember, made right, left justification, made right with God. And life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made right, or will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When sin abounds, which is happening in our culture today, grace abounds even greater. That's why today I have hope. I have hope in our nation, one nation under God. I have hope that we're not going to be a secular nation turning our back on God because where sin abounded, grace abounds even more. But who are the dispensers of this grace? The church. The church is the dispenser of this grace. 
so many people who are walking around bound by their sin. We celebrate Independence Day, our freedom, but do you realize there's so many people who don't have freedom because of sin in their life? By the way, sin is not for us to judge people in that. It's only a reality of what happens in humanity. But compassion, not judgment, compassion should rise up and say, can I tell you about Jesus Christ who wants to set you free? Tell you about the love of God that will make you right with God through Jesus Christ and all you need to do is accept the free gift that Jesus already paid the price. Jesus already sacrificed for us. Like us as a nation, we live freely today because of the bloodshed of so many who went before us. Peter Marshall said this, and he quoted, May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do right. Let me read that again. May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the the opportunity to do right. And my encouragement for you today is to not only do right by thinking about your neighbor, caring about the needs of those around you. By the way, thank you. Thank you. This church, so generous, last week when we made an appeal to get mattresses to a family who has been in the Family Promise Program, on Sunday, the mission's offering, we initially, uh, you gave $300 to that. The appeal went out on our newsletter midweek, and another $700 came in. The mattresses, we got a discount from uh, a local mattress store, Box spring and mattress, those four mattress sets were $999 and you gave $1,000. Well done. (laughs) See, that's the freedom that we're talking about. Freedom to be generous. Freedom to express Christ in us, through us, for others. Freedom to, to continue to pursue righteousness, to do the right thing. When the rest of the world is telling you to do wrong, you say, no, 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 no. Freedom is the ability to, and the opportunity to do what's right. And how do we know what's right? Well, first of all, receive Jesus into your life. Get into his word and be instructed by him. Ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit who will give you compassion for people, but pursue freedom, not just for yourself, that maybe you can think of yourself just a little bit less, make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, and share this free gift of Jesus Christ with somebody who doesn't know this freedom that you have, the freedom in Jesus Christ, that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. And why wouldn't we be sharing this with the world around us? Why wouldn't we be screaming it from the rooftops? Be free! Be free. We're a nation that was founded on these principles. Everyone is created equal. Let us not take the culture who wants to divide us 
but let us keep Jesus in the middle of it. On God we trust and unite us under the cause of Jesus Christ. Yes, we wave the American flag high, but can we wave the flag of Jesus higher? Please, can we wave the flag of Jesus higher? Yes, it's, we are proud to be American. We are. But I think we should be prouder to be Christians. Prouder to be Christians, yes. Because what made America great is that we trusted in God. We trusted in his principles and his word. So on this Independence Day, realize that your freedom came at a cost. Let not the price that others have paid for our freedom go misused. But also let us realize the cost that Jesus paid his very life for us, for our spiritual freedom. Let's share that free gift with others this week as well. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.